All right. Welcome back to the Velvet Pipes of Aesop Mitchell. And starting off our next playlist, it's going to be the love song between Aesop and, and Balls. Enjoy. Because it's fun. And what would you call me, Melon Farmer? Oh, <laughs> hey, you know, your arms are too short to box with God, baby. You gotta just relax on that shit. So anyway, as I'm you can Pop Cleveland. Pop bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, we're already off to a fun start. That's a little different than we usually do. As you can see, Chris Platt's not here. There's no MVP. So we had to kind of Bring in somebody that you know from a previous show, and that is Aesop Mitchell. Aesop, how you doing, buddy? Well, knowing that I wasn't even your second choice to fill in today, <laughs> I feel pretty good. Go back to eating your chicken. Shut up. That's a low blow. No, Ouch. no breaking the fourth wall around here. What the fuck? <sighs> anyway. Heal so life. So, yeah, heal life. Fucking pa, pa, pa. anyway. So yeah, that that's Aesop. Aesop is fun. This is gonna be fun. And let's not forget our wonderful moderator, the commissioner, Jack Tunney's illegitimate son, PC Tunney. Yeah, hi everybody. How's it going? <laughs> you know, you you never come in that high on the energy. I get yelled at for not coming in high on the energy. It's not my show. But you're the commissioner. You're the moderator. We'll get there. (laughs) I'm here. I'm I'm here. And and if you keep listening before long, it will be clear that as we keep going along, I continue to drink my beer. (sighs) I need to drink more. So anyway, so Asa, how the hell are you doing? Aside from being slightly perturbed that you weren't even our second choice how's life treating you i shoveled a lot and worked a lot life's a bitch and then you die and then i eat an entire rotisserie chicken by myself <laughs> where did you get where'd you get it from <laughs> that's none of your damn business i'm a wrestler so there's only one place i shop at because i'm poor the gas quick, station quick trip the back alley of a Walmart. I, okay, the gas station is actually an upgrade, motherfucker. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is like the three day old rotisserie chicken that they just plan on throwing out. 
What the hell? Well, don't worry. <laughs> Salmonella is like long gone at this. Oh, point. I thought you were gonna say he was a friend of yours. And isn't isn't that mis like a misnomer anyway? Since it's chicken, it's not salmon. Why is it salmonella? That was bad. All right. Question one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pop. Hey. No, no, you got to do it right. Pop. <laughs> pop. All right. Get to the first question. Wow, we're actually making it in record time without Chris just droning on for a while. Go figure. Question one. <laughs> well, in, in honor of his birthday, let's, let's lead into question one with this. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So you're not the man. I'm the man. Sometimes the man has to make tough decisions, okay? And here's one of them. Becky, you're suspended for 60 days. I'm not going to accept your apology. They may. I'm not, okay? Which means, let's see, that suspension runs out. Oh, five days after this WrestleMania. We need someone to take your place, someone with charisma, someone with charm, someone who knows their lane and they stay in it. We need someone who's going to take Ronda to the limit. We need Charlotte Flair. The boss, the chairman. First of all, I want to apologize for the uh, what? What do they call it? They just speak in sound bites now at the commentary table. I want to apologize for leaving the sound bite fest in at the end of that clip. But gentlemen, uh-huh. Michael Cole. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe it. Vintage Cole. Um, gentlemen, let's talk about something way more interesting, though. How did you see them getting to this triple threat? Because we've pretty much all seen it coming. And do you like the way they're going? Do do I like it? No, not really. I'm I'm just not a huge fan of multi-person matches when it comes to something as important as like the first possible main event, women's main event for WrestleMania. No, I I prefer it to be one and one, one on one, but. Everybody saw it coming. You're correct. You 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 correctly predicted everything that happened, Mr. Tunney. So good for you. And most people thought that, you know, Charlotte and Becky were going to possibly both win the Rumble. Or we'd see something else go on that somehow wedged somebody in there. And as DeMarco has been saying over and over and over again for the last two weeks, which isn't incorrect, was that it was always Charlotte and Rhonda and Becky's the one that got added. So no matter your perspective on it, the triple threat was always kind of looming and most likely going to happen. I just still don't like it. I'd rather it be one-on-one. Aesop, do you have a preference? Uh, I don't like how they got to it. I do like the idea of Charlotte, Becky, and Rhonda. I think this allows Rhonda to shine a lot more rather than it being a one-on-one. Granted, Rhonda has proven herself to be very formidable within the ring, um, you know, with varying levels of talent. If she can get uh, literally the best match of Nia Jax's career, um, uh, she 
you could do it with Becky Lynch, no problem. But, you know, WrestleMania is the show of shows. We got to get everyone on it and get everyone a Mania payday. This is how they do that. Now, personally, if I was running with this angle, I would have done something like Charlotte throws a hissy fit about how, you know, you know she didn't get her chance. She should have won it, yada, yada, yada. And, and not this whole suspension BS because it just it just feels way too forced now. It, you know it's it's hokey, but again, they got sixty days to fill before Mania. So, ta-da! <laughs> yeah, and the one good thing I can say that came from this, which I pointed out on Raw Reaction yesterday with Tony and Harry, was. It protects Ronda even more. Because when it was Ronda versus Becky, Becky overshadowed Ronda. Ronda got booed out of the building, basically. Nothing Ronda did was good. It even pissed her off or flustered her, so she started stuttering more than Lord Alfred does when he has to cut his little bumper. So what are we going to do about that? And then now we come to this situation where the the way the show framed everything was... Rhonda and Becky were on the same page and the presented same side. And it was Charlotte and the corporation. So now it's no longer we like Becky more than Rhonda. It's we hate Charlotte. We hate the corporate part. The corporate part. And Rhonda's probably going to find a way to help Becky back into the match. Because that, that whole promo that they had beforehand in the backstage segment where Rhonda just wanted the match with Becky... Becky obviously wanted the match with Ronda, so she swallowed her pride to a degree and apologized. They want that to happen. And it's nice to side Ronda with Becky so she'll ride the ride the wave of fan support and it protects her and it keeps the taste in everybody's mouth better if she does leave after Mania. Are you talking about yeah, the Becky- ice and the ice oh. and Advil bitch promo? No, the the one that happened this week where she was just basically saying, you know, if you want this to happen, just shut the fuck up and apologize so we can do this. Yeah. I also think that this is going to get Becky a lot of love. She's going to have this mini stone cold moment over the next eight weeks, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. The thing that they've tried to recreate for years and never done successfully well, this might be actually one that could work very well uh, because of the fact that it's a woman. And, uh, it, you know, just having that variance right there sets the tone in a completely different direction. So hopefully this plays out nicely. Also, it does help that it's with Flair, too. Flair, Charlotte is incredibly good at being unlikable. She's a bitch. And it's awesome. True, true. You so what you're saying is at WrestleMania we could we could end up seeing a, a new raw women's champion and in celebration maybe she's she's popping open a couple Beckweisers. Uh, okay, you can get up out of here. <laughs> All right, so the jokes are not starting off well tonight. All right, I need to drink more. Maybe that maybe something funny will crop up. And she's Irish. Wouldn't she just open up some whiskey? That's it. Conor McGregor shows up. 
Conor McGregor shows up either with some Guinness, some Schmidix, or maybe some of that proper 12 whiskey, because that proper 12 is fucking fantastic. This stuff is so smooth and so balanced. Oh, I love him. it. It's one of my new favorites. Telemore Dew is really good, too, but this See? is this is surprisingly <clears throat> good and balanced. Like, be, I, was, we, I was impressed. I'll give Connor points. We were talking about that before uh, before we came on with you, Aesop, uh, is Irish whiskey. It must be a Milwaukee thing, then, you know? I don't know. I, I know a lot of my guys uh, that I drink with, you know, especially the ones from the comedy club, love Irish whiskey. We're big Telemore Dew fans. Uh, Jamo's okay, J-Mo. but uh, we used to do uh, Powers before that, before we uh, oh, were out of stock of that. But Telemore Dew has always been my go-to for shots and for Irish whiskey. All right, Aesop, next time I see you, we're doing a shot of Telemore Dew. All right. I can I'm do buying. three of those. I'm buying. Okay, before well, you fall I'll, over? Or I'll have, I'll three have, before what? Listen, we'll have <laughs> one. I'll give you your your always use your head shirt. You'll have two more, and that'll be the end of it. All right. <laughs> then his pants will come off, and he'll only be wearing the shirt at some point, and we won't know what's happening after that. Oh Jesus! Why? Why do you have to go there? Because <laughs> then he'll be like, "He said always use my head, baby. You want to see me use my head? Hi, I'm Chairshot.com. <laughs> always use your head." Uh, I most definitely was going to try to be Chris Platt calling out to his girl, but I totally <laughs> forgot her name. Amber. And thought it'd be Amber. I, I was about to say Reba. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I think I could think of. I knew there was a B in it. And there's an E and an R and an A. You just got them in the wrong order and there's an M somewhere. So, yeah, you had most of it. I'll give you points there. Yeah, see? I was on the right track. You All are right. Right, right, right church, wrong pew, that kind of thing. Question two. <laughs> Question two. Beautiful blind tag by the Revival. Wilder's legal. Gable catches him with a right hand. Gable into the corner, ends up on the second row. Shatter the city! Oh, out of nowhere! The champions! Hook of the leg by Wilder! The yes! Revival have won the gold! Yes! Gentlemen, not only talk to me about the revival and discuss the Raw tag team situation, in addition to we got the Usos and uh, what Miz and McMahon coming up here to, for that title, but just the tag team situation across the globe right now and tag team wrestling in general. All right, let me start this off. Uh, WWE tag picture is fucking terrible. It's like it has so can long I, do, been the worst thing. Can I ask you a quick question, Aesop, before you get into it? Is would it make it better if, much like they're going to do with the women's tag titles, have them across both brands? Would it be easier and mean more if that the, both tag divisions were across both brands? Well, I've said it a billion times that there are way too many goddamn championships to begin with. So. Yes, yes, it would. I want them gone. I, I don't want 
I, I don't need a secondary tag team belt, especially when you're going to give it to mediocre talent. Now, the Revival is not mediocre. I'm not going to, to take anything away from them. But the previous holders, Gable and Rude, had no business holding on to those damn belts. And I nearly had a brain aneurysm last time I was on this show. or was I don't even know if it was this show or the, uh, the, one of the other ones. But Shane McMahon and The Miz? Are you out of your fucking mind? That's, that's wrong. That's blasphemy. We are giving these titles to competitors that either, like... Either they have nostalgia factor or WWE is just blind to them. They're not good. Shane McMahon has no business being a freaking wrestler on a regular basis. Fine, come back for Mania. Fine, make an appearance at another show. Whatever. But for him to be the current tag team champion is ludicrous is it ludicrous speed though ludicrous speed go <laughs> now i i don't disagree with what you're saying about wwe because yes their tag division's fucking awful revival's the only really shining light on raw sure the authors bank can be argued but they've been mishandled so that's still damaged goods that's but a whole you- nut other story right I know there. I'm not I'm not arguing you there but I like the McMahon and Miz angle from a storyline perspective I like it I like Miz being a little goofy I like Miz basically playing the hyper cheerleader little brother kind of thing to Shane and be like I want to do this and you believed in me to be best of the world for a random tournament and I want to help you and I want my dad to be proud and it, it's so just a 180 on his usual kind of just snarky douchey heel gimmick that it's it's nice it's endearing i enjoy it now are you looking at it from a talent of the the ring in ring performers that they shouldn't okay that's fine no no, and and like don't get me wrong the storyline is great and it does make sense to a degree but realistically they can truncate this story down into a month maybe two you know what I mean? Eight right. episodes before the big before Mania, you can do all of that. Everything that they're doing now, for them to have won it way back at the Rumble, and now we're going to get more or less, uh, I would say, a quarter of the year. Maybe they lose it at Elimination Chamber, uh, but I don't know. And then it just goes back to the Usos, in which we have the same problem that SmackDown has had. Yeah, great talent on there, except it goes to one of three teams. True, and they have they have more teams on SmackDown that are legitimate. Like, Sanity hasn't really seen the light of day since they've been called up, and that's egregious, to put it nicely. You more know, misuse and mishandling. Correct. The Club is another one that's been misused and mishandled, but they could do fantastic things. And I think SmackDown's in a better position than Raw. But WWE, generally speaking, is pretty shit when it comes to tag team wrestling. Now, to broaden it to other companies, you've got 
all Japan's got a great tag team scene because they kind of bleed into Big Japan and Wrestle One and a bunch of other smaller companies across the globe or across Japan at least. And then we've got Impact. Impact, who even though their numbers are down and people are making fun of the fact that 27 people and a dwarf in a fucking dumpster behind, you know, the 7-Eleven <laughs> get pursuit and that's about it. Like, Hornswoggle was there? Well, yeah, you know, he went from under the ring and chasing around Zelina, which how many of us wouldn't chase around Zelina if we had the chance to? To now he's watching Impact. It's fine. But aside from that and, you know, people on Twitch, they're the ass of the joke when it comes to their viewership. But the product's been good. Their, their tag division is is real solid. It's real healthy. Like, Lucha Brothers just beat LAX. The Rascals are coming up. LAX, I think, was the longest reigning tag team champions for Impact and TNA history. So that's... Yeah, I don't care about LAX. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> what? Um. Okay. Um. What? Why? I don't care for them. Okay, now, you, you being an indie worker and a... Um, a savant of indie things and wait, wait, wait. I, got a, I have to I have to wow. correct you. I have to correct you. It's in my contract with Aesop Mitchell. He is the indie star that raises the bar. Oh. Oh wait, you picked up Seamus and Cesaro at the same time? Uh, did I say the same time? Oh, it's, I, but they are the bar collectively, so you have yeah. to pick them up at the same time. Or do you just uh, pick them up at a bar? I have a nice pulley system. Oh, that's awesome. But Ful- anyway, so no, no, no. let's not bury the lead here. <laughs> let's not bury the lead here. What is your issue with LAX? I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Ortiz and Santana, even when they were EYFBO. So why why is this current incarnation of LAX bothering you so much, sir? Uh, well, first of all, I do think that when Homicide and Hernandez were running the LAX gimmick itself, I felt it was more believable. They were more believable as their characters. They were a better uh, duo of hood rats and you know gangsters or whatever, however you want to label them. But they had a nice uh, feel behind it. Also, there was a great uh, diversity between the two. You had the high flyer in, in Homicide, uh, you know, took uh, every risk that he possibly could. And you had the muscle guy in Hernandez that also yes. was great as well. Um, I, I don't necessarily see that parody in the current uh, Santana or, and Ortiz. Um, also, too, every time I watch Santana or Ortiz on Impact, or at least I can't say recently, but uh, when I was watching Impact over the past year, uh, I always felt like they put together matches for themselves. Uh, now I don't necessarily know who does the aging um, in Impact, or at least for their matches. But I just don't see a cohesive story when Santana Ortiz wrestle. They do a boatload of spots, um, and it, I feel like they're selling is subpar and, and, and that's nothing against them this is the old school wrestler in me uh, they, they do fantastic work they have you know they've made spots look great and they definitely cleaned up those spots because they were rough at the early part of last year with mm-hmm. you know they showed some super kicks and some other moves 
that were missing by a mile uh-huh. and had no business uh, being done in the ring, or let alone being shown on TV. But they've cleaned that stuff up. I, I There's nothing wrong with them as far as athletically and talent-wise, but psychology and overall wrestling like storyline i don't believe them as much as i did old lax okay i can't disagree with you there at all because yeah i've been watching impact since 06 so i know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to old lax current lax a lot of their stuff was sloppy the barbed wire massacre thing they did with ove jesus christ that was (laughs) so Bad. I know. I was. Why I was bringing bring that up. Because I'm supporting your angle. Because I wanted to know where you were coming from, but and I don't I disagree. Think about it again. Oh, you do. I'm sorry, Poppy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, but you're you're completely right. And even in their two matches with Lucha Brothers, the one at Homecoming and the one this past week, they rush a lot of spots, and it's very yes. spot like you were saying, and it gets sloppy and things get slightly missed or things look askew, or you have other things where people are just not reacting because the spot's going by too fast and it makes the whole thing look stupid. Like, at the end of Homecoming, when they pinned Phoenix and Pentagon was literally just standing outside of the ring, not doing anything. Not trying to get back in, not trying to break up the band. He just kind of turned around and he's like, oh, it's like, okay, so that, that exposed everybody in a way, made them all look bad. I don't disagree with you there when it comes to spotting and selling. I was curious because most people don't nitpick at that nowadays. So most people are okay with the spot-heavy stuff because smaller guys are what's in. It's, it's, it's the thing, you know, Young Bucks, OVE, LAX, Lucha Brothers. No, nobody's very big that has a big name on the non-WWE. WWE circuit and shit even WWE is getting progressively smaller like everybody in Undisputed Era is smaller and Rude and Gable aren't exactly big the revival is not really big so yeah I get you completely so yeah I can't I can't argue that (laughs) and that is a trend that's a trend that's been going on for years especially on the indie scene pretty much anything below WWE uh it's the spot fest People love that, and, you know, unfortunately, mar- the market drives the product and the need for, th- for whatever that product may be. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the big videos that's been going around, at least my Facebook, is I think it's a clip of Bandito and Sammy Guevara, and they're just doing Canadian Destroyer after Canadian uh, Destroyer, not uh, selling a single one of them. And at the, it probably goes on for two minutes and then the crowd erupts with cheer. Well, you know what I mean? Like I could have taken a shit in the middle of the ring. And as long as the crowd cheers afterwards, guess what? You did your damn job. I understand that stuff just as a, I don't want to call myself a purist because I'm not, but someone that does have older ideas and concepts in wrestling, it doesn't appeal to me as much 
as it would be a single Canadian destroyer with a gigantic cell afterwards. There's, there's a way to go about things, and I just don't see that in the current iteration of LAX. And like I said, that that's perfectly acceptable as an answer because I I agree with you a thousand percent. I just I've never heard anybody badmouth or even be slightly you know disheartened by Santana and Ortiz. So that was just surprising. So I, I wanted to kind of get your brain and have you speak on that for a little bit. I'm but a wild card baby. I get I get it now. Just to kind of sum up other things. MLW's got a pretty solid tag team division. Like, they, they mix it up with high-flying spotty shit because, you know, you had Rich Swan and ACH for a while. That's not a thing anymore since ACH is at the Performance Center. Wow, Lucha Brothers wow. were there. You know, they brought in a bunch of luchadors when they had Hijo de LA Park and LA Park. You know, they had uh, they had Puma King and... was it, Who the hell was Puma King's partner at the match? But regardless, they had a bunch of... Smaller Lucha guys. They've got the Caramel Colossus. Was it Nicholas? Huh? Was it Nicholas? No, no. He didn't suddenly put on a mask and be the 10-year-old wonder in MLW also. Well, we didn't think he was going to win the tag titles (laughs) at WrestleMania either, dick. (laughs) Okay. Aside from that, now, New Japan's also got a really solid tag tag division with you know Sonata and Evil at the forefront, Suzuki and Saber. Now Suzuki and Saber has to be a wet dream for you, aren't they, ASAP? Oh yes. You you I don't I can't tell if that's facetious or not because I don't know you as well as Platt does. But like they do everything that you seem to like. It's all stretching and catches catch can no, and- I do and I really do uh have a hard on for catch a can and English style wrestling or actually European style wrestling. I was actually going to make mention of that that NXT UK's tag division is a blast to watch. NXT itself is also very good, but the UK division I enjoy thoroughly watching. But I also say that with the bias because I have Trent Seven Dad Bod body style so you know i'm slightly biased i mean that's fair my, my only contention with uk style or european style however you really want to put it is catch his catch can i appreciate the billy robinson the william regal that kind of the, like the, the loot that is kind of wrestling i like that i man. do not like the campy corny shit that He's the british wrestling man. tends to throw into things you know with the whole what the hell is Tyler Bate call it the bop and bam that's dumb Skrull doing the whole super kick no, just I kidding knew, I and knew that's, that's where that's this was going like that's awful and then the fucking double air multiple people airplane spin that that's not believable it's some of the dumbest shit yes technically they're one of some of the best wrestlers out there but then they come at you with this stupid campy garbage and I'm like uh, go away well I have made mention of this many a time. I like watching World of Sport. Go back and watch some of that shit if you ever want to have a good time. Johnny Saint, uh, you know, a whole slew of guys. You, you got, you know, old Dave Finley, or yeah, Dave Finley just doing some fantastic stuff down there, too. Uh, you can find some great shit with. Uh, European wrestling. Hey, old UWFI was awesome too. Absolutely. 
Um, I'm glad we're actually pretty close on our tastes and things. That's nice to hear. See, it's it's, it's like, about the same uh, shit. It's not the same shit. I know, but it's nice to not have Chris here sometimes. What can I say? It's, I, I don't. It's not nearly as contentious. I like yeah, having Ace up you, here. You white boys go back and watch whatever style of wrestling you want to watch. <laughs> okay. Was that your plat impression? <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have enough Merlot in me. <laughs> Fucking pop. P.O.P. motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, before we go to before we go before we before we no before we go to the next topic though, you guys you wanna go ahead and give your happy birthday wishes to Christopher Platt. I'll go first. CP, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and and uh, podcasting with you and I, and I hope we keep doing it for a long time and happy birthday to you and I hope you have a wonderful birthday uh, cheers melon farmer <laughs> that was beautiful PC and yeah Chris I, I, I'll bust your chops and it's not nearly as bad as you making up the story about me getting my balls upholstered the one week I had to fucking miss the show. But, you know, whatever. Enjoy your birthday. Enjoy your special time with Amber. Hopefully you're working on that blue chew that we talked about last week so you can make sure that Amber enjoys your birthday as much as you do. And, uh, yeah, come back soon, buddy. I kind of miss it a little bit, even though Aesop is a wonderful change of pace. Oh, we gotta... I gotta hit this right now before Aesop goes, because... It's 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 gonna be a wonderful birthday message. I feel so. It's gotta be. Uh, and now live to Aesop Mitchell wishing Christopher Platt a happy birthday. Christopher Platt, this goes out to you and the former real estate podcast that you had in Cleveland. <laughs> I take a giant swig of my Delsum cough syrup and say adieu. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Before we get into the next topic, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot and check out all the wonderful, very dapper, rapscallion designs on TheChairShot.com. Make you look very, 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 very good at the next wrestling event you're at. So make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot. All right, question three. Gentlemen, Elimination Chamber is upon us. Let's talk about the Elimination Chamber matches in and of themselves. Let me just run it down here for you one time on both sides because there's two Elimination Chamber matches. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, who will be coming in last, Samoa Joe, and... The new man into the mix because of Mustafa Ali's injury will be Kofi Kingston, who put on quite the display on SmackDown this evening. Basically, what do you expect from this match? 
And how do you feel them booking this title moving towards WrestleMania? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, what I expect from this match is Kofi Kingston to get thrown around like a rag doll in the spot that Mustafa Ali was supposed to have. And then I expect Daniel Bryan to walk away as champion. I'm sure it'll be a very fun match, and I will enjoy pretty much all of it, I would say, minus Randy Orton, because uh, if, if people don't know, I, I just don't like Randy Orton. But that's another story as well. Um, yeah, that's where I stand. Dude, did he shit in your handbag or something like that? Why do you not love Randy Orton? Randy Orton is a solid hand. He's I mean, stale. as a character or as a wrestler, because when you can, when it comes to his wrestling, he's he's lazy and unmotivated at times. When he likes the angle or when he likes the team, he's actually you know he puts on a good show. He gets into his character. When he, he was the tag partner with Bray Wyatt, that was really solid. The House of Horrors match was awful. The Mania match against Bray when he was making the, the maggots appear on the the. The fucking mat, like he thought it was Lost Boys. Yes, that was awful. But you had other aspects, like some of the Ginger stuff wasn't bad. Ginger is just hard for people to swallow because he's a brawler at best and he's got a clunky style. But Orton, Orton is safe. Orton is pretty precise with most of his stuff. He's not flashy, so I could see the boring aspect. But I, I love me some Randy Orton. I still Randy agree Orton. that Daniel Bryan's winning, but I love me some Randy Orton. Randy Orton has sissy mermaid lips. Another reason to hate him. I've never tried to make out with him nor look at his lips, so I don't know about that. You want to describe what exactly sissy mermaid lips are? (laughs) I'm just saying, look at his lips sometime. They look somewhat aquatic. Okay, so now does it look like the mermaid that's on uh, Pete's arm, Petunia, and he makes it dance? Like, is is it that bad or is it better? Uh, Pete, please tell me you re- watch that. Uh, do you know that I'm 27? Doesn't matter. I'm not much older than you. It's Pete and Pete. Uh, no, I do know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I, I, I was. Thinking... Right, didn't you know I'm 53 this week? <laughs> Sunny boy. I'm 50. <laughs> I'm 50. Look what I can still do. I can still. Kick, I can still poop without yeah. diapers. I'm 50. He's showing up to Molly Shannon. <laughs> My God. Uh, uh, now, just Randy Orton is stale to me. Uh, I, I don't find his bad boy persona to be relevant anymore. It's not, uh, it's not something that I, I like can attribute Randy Orton to. Uh, pretty much all I see with Randy Orton is his little turn and pound the mat uh, into before an RKO miss, because that's just where Randy Orton's at with his career. Sure. I, I can't argue that too much, because he is kind of treading water, and they may not do something with him, and it's just kind of a couple spots and gimmicks. I get it. I get it. I, st- I still love me some Randy Orton, but I, I understand your issue. <laughs> Do you get the feeling that Randy Orton doesn't really love wrestling? I get the feeling that Randy Orton needs reasons to love the matches he's in. Because he's such a... I mean, you can't argue the fact that he's a natural talent. 
Like he was no, definitely, definitely one of those ones that was ahead of the time. It came naturally. I think he's spoiled because it came too easy. I always, honestly, since I'm I'm not much older than you and I'm kind of a dork, I always attributed Randy Orton to Vegeta, like from Dragon Ball Z. Like that. That's all he is. What? Like seen as Goku. Seen as Goku, Orton's hey, always Vegeta. He's always dude, kind of bitching of, that he should be the best because of his heritage and his listen, lineage. And he always... Kakarot! Hold on. Speaking of okay, Vegeta... So you do know stuff. There we go. Speaking of Vegeta, did you, now, Andrew, I know you watched it. Uh, Aesop, you probably didn't. But Naomi's move where she does the splits as a splash... That was kind of hot, yes. Yeah, I mean... I, that's got to be the vagina drop, right? You know, I want them to call them that if they call that split-legged moonsault the thick-legged moonsault. Because I feel like that's just a miss right there in terminology. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying and I'm saying. So I'm, not, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not not saying. I'm saying and I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Muffin button. Sorry. I'll be quiet. <laughs> Beef curtain. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did you want to go over the participants for the tag chamber too, I or did you want us to just kind to. of remember no. it? No, okay, no, no, no. look. Again, we're gonna. I'm gonna say the exact same thing, uh, or not the exact same thing, but I'm going to Daniel say it's gonna win this. Similar faction. Is there any chance Daniel Bryan doesn't win this? Movie. The women's tag or the regular chamber? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure he's not going to win the women's tag, but they could give it to Kofi for the feel good, and then just have Brian win it back at Fastlane. I I would take that bet that it doesn't happen. You want to oh, bet money on that? No, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying. Right. I can see an angle where they they swerve everybody and take the belt off of no, them just no, to no. put it back on it. Hey. When's me, the last time they've truly swerved us? Oh, and, and let me, I can tell it you, it's not in the last are, three months. A lot of people have been worked and swerved by this Charlotte thing. You know how many things I saw with, oh my God, Charlotte doesn't deserve it. I'm canceling this subscription to the WWE Network. Oh my God, why? It's a one-on-one is so much better. Fuck Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's how, that, I saw a lot of that the last couple of days. And apparently I'm French. So horrible! I'm a meme! Keep it! my daughter. Oh, that was pretty solid. I'll give you man props for that. Thank you. You got a good South Park, or a uh, good Cartman, and I got a good Vitas. <laughs> Vitas is like, a, it's like a turkey, you know, only a little lighter. With a little cool thing, Ooh. yes. <laughs> You want more? So do you want to anyway, do it again? The women's tag chamber is a thing also. You want to do a v- Vita stance break? Uh, sure. No, I can't do it. Okay, now you want to... I hate, I hate your fucking dance break so much. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yes, gentlemen. So, yeah. The women. Nia Jackson, Tamina. Sasha and nope. Bailey. Carmella and Naomi. 
The Riot nah. Squad, which is going to be Liv and Sarah Logan. Uh, Mandy and Sonya. And the Iconics. Nope, not a Okay, again, does anyone think it's not going to be Sasha and Bailey? Yes. I do. Maybe. I'll let you know when I post the article. Go to thechairshot.com. Church on stamp picks. Now, see, my, my issue with the Sasha Bailey thing is I, I, I brought up two angles I can say, unless you see something different from this. A, Sasha, Sasha is actually hurt, and this is just stupid to have them go through the motions for her to be kind of hurt, and then something like this plays out in Elimination Chamber where she gets hurt again and Bailey gets basically left out to dry. Or she's not really hurt, and they're just setting it up for Sasha turning on her, and it's going to be Sasha Bailey at like Fastlane or Mania or something like that. Plus, the other way to look at it is faces are better chasing than they are as champions. So I'd rather put the the championships on a heel team to begin with. So the chase actually is a little more entertaining, enthralling, works for the crowd. And I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Iconics winning it just because it makes sense. They've been best friends for like half their life at least and sure like you know they don't get a ton of action they have a big win over naomi and asuka asuka's the current champion when they did the whole super show down in australia so there there's some legitimacy enough to kind of make sure faces have a thing to chase instead of putting the face as the champion and then having heels heels chase the face because we care yeah no so where are you going with this ice up well, first of all, let me just start off by saying that the reason why the Iconics got that win uh, at the Super Show was because it was in Australia. Hometown. How many people lose in their hometown? It's a WWE thing for people to lose. Uh, no, uh, uh, you're yeah. wrong. Sasha also, lost too, to Boston how many times? Okay, Sasha, no, that does not matter. They go to Boston all the time. That doesn't fit my narrative right now, no. It's an edge. It's an edge. It's an edge and Cena thing. Does that mean we need to put this on the Edge and Christian show? No, the Edge always beat Cena in Boston, and Cena always beat Edge in Toronto. We'll look it up. You're, you're probably right. I don't want to look it up. No, you don't have to. I'll trust. No, you don't have to. Uh, now, also too, though, here's the thing: we're already planning on the men's elimination chamber being won by Daniel Bryan. So, uh, in turn, you're going to have both Elimination Chambers for the titles be uh, won or retained by a heel as well. Ah, ah, ah. It's WWE, my friend. 50-50 booking. You know they're going to wrap up this show with babyface, send the fans home happy. Yeah, so last year they did the same thing when Alexa won and then Roman won because that sent people home happy. But again, that's (laughs) 50-50 booking. I I mean... 50-50 booking! That's assuming that you you figure that it's like, you know, uh, whatever, 2K17 or 18 or whatever year we're on, and they have a a face column and a heel column, and they're just like, the heel wins here. And even though everybody's going to boo their shit out of Roman, he's a face, so it counts. No, I don't think that sent anybody home happy, buddy. Again, 50-50 booking, motherfucker. 
the more you say it doesn't make it relevant. I'm sorry. And, and honestly, uh, but you're going to speak it into existence. He's Vim trying real hard, Dark though. Dark. He's trying real, real hard. <laughs> that, and then now, to, to be fair, who did Roman beat? I mean, Braun, technically. And there were four, four other people. There was Finn, there was Seth, and who the fuck? Elias was in that? And Cena? Was that the chamber last year? I think that feels right. What was Again. it? Okay, I just I I was hoping somebody knew because I remember Braun ate like twenty seven finishers at some point and he still kicked out because Braun. This was their period of forcing Roman down your throat, which granted that period is still continuing, even though he hasn't been on TV in what five months. Uh, this is just something that they do. I I can almost promise you it's going to be Sasha Bailey. I. Don't know who else has any other legitimacy to take over. Not Maybe if Ruby Riot was in the Riot Squad, I could give it to you. Uh, but again, they're also in that little mini feud with Natalia. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Nia and Tamina, what Tamina does not deserve any title ever. And Nia should never win a title ever again. Uh, the Iconics would be great. I just don't know uh, if they are mature enough for it. I don't mean that in the sense of, uh, like, like um, character-wise. I just mean that they, they need to grow a little bit uh, more on the roster. I think they're kind of waiting for them uh, to break off once the next like evolution pay-per-view kind of kicks up, I, I have a feeling that that's going to be when they start to hit their stride. And, and I, who's the last team? Naomi and who else? Mella is money. Yeah, that just sounds awful. Um, so, <laughs> but I, they're I, both I, former singles champions. So yeah, that sounds great. And realistically, <laughs> period. <laughs> Where, where's the sound? There's a sound bite of the hated it. That's, <laughs> that's I think, hated what builds in for. That's hate, the one. Hate, hate it. Yep, there you go. I really do think it's going to be Sasha Bailey. I don't know who else can take it. Like I said, I can't really completely argue with what you're saying. I just don't like this. The direction it's taking so far on Raw the last couple weeks, it's confusing. It feels like there's no direction. And if they win, that just seems stupid or like shoehorned or like, well, duh, they were going to win anyway. They're Sasha and Bailey. So I, I I just, I would like there to be more of a chase and more of a struggle. Hmm. And the that bigger sounds, moment. That sounds like WWE booking right there. Hmm. But they do throw in the wrinkles on occasion. They do. Yeah. Yeah, on Stephanie McMahon's crow's feet. I mean, for her age, she's still not unattractive, so she could still get it. Yes, we all know she's got the billion-dollar titties. Chris Jericho told us that 15 years ago. They are very nice. They are, though. But then Naomi's got the best fucking ass in the game. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. No, they're, they're nice no matter who you are, but Naomi's ass, though. Ugh. And on that note, question <laughs> four. 
The Bullet Club means business in a tag team explosion. We will show you how it is done. The Dragon's through leg lift. When New Beginning in Sapporo continues with a marquee matchup. Oh! Backdrop! Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada team up against Switchblade Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. Blade it! Blade Runner! Okada! Hang on a second now. Oh. All new. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Friday on Access TV. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Oh, for crying out loud, just go enjoy your birthday, Chris. Jesus Christ, keep popping into the show here and there, calling us on your cell phone. Stop tweeting he me, keeps by the way. popping. Go ahead out with Reba. Yeah, Reba. Yeah. You and Reba are going to have a real good country time tonight, okay? <laughs> go, go ahead, Cracker Barrel. Arriba get get that Cracker Barrel, have some biscuits, have some cornbread, a good time. Actually, they, they, yeah, I mean, Amber and Reba, they, there's just an M in there, or, you know, otherwise they're the same letters. I was over that 40 minutes ago. Come on, get with the program, bud. <laughs> what's, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> you can always catch up on your New Japan Wrestling on XS TV. But tonight, let's talk about Jay White becoming the new IWGP champion. Tears of the smarks are too tasty. Nobody likes this. That that you know, or the quote unquote New Japan fans. It's fantastic. Now, yes, some people think that White is just in Omega's role, and they are like Omega would have won back. Well, that's bullshit. Because a, they don't really do rematches like that. B, I doubt that Omega would have kept it because who the fuck would have beat him after Wrestle Kingdom? They're not going to throw Okada back up there because he's on a redemption storyline. Naito now has his own storyline about wanting to be a double champion. So that's that's not really going to happen. So what, have Omega beat Suzuki? Okay, yeah, no, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, though, White's whole story is nice because it makes him, makes him and Ghetto really seem like opportunistic heels, which is just perfect, and it's exactly what they've shown themselves to be. Tanahashi doesn't really dial it back. He threw it all out there against Omega. He even added an extra singles match against Kushida when it was Kushida's final go-home match. And Tanahashi tends to not dial it back even in doubles or even in tag matches. So it makes sense. Tanahashi's older. He didn't have the tank. White knew it, and he, he preyed on him, and he pounced when he had the shot. And yeah, Ghetto had to interfere a bit because they're heels. It's, it's nice. It's perfect, and the Blade Runner is is booked so strong, it's amazing that just one out of nowhere technically just seals the deal. It beat Okada in like less than 15 minutes, which nobody was able to do for two years, and it, it he caught Tanahashi coming off the high fly flow and just smacked him with the Blade Runner, and he was dead. So like it was, it's it's nice. It's a good way of storytelling, and it's a great way to get heat because. Again, the internet kind of exploded in tears of outrage and praying that Naito or somebody now takes the belt off of him. Aesop, do you watch this at all, or is this going to be like when Chris talks and he just brings up Tokyo 3K and makes makes idle comments on occasion? Uh, Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Um, no, I, I won't say that I have the same level of knowledge that you do, because I don't. Um, but I do follow it much more than say Christopher Platt or PC Tunney. I took this in a similar fashion. To be honest, 
overall, I'm a little bit surprised that Jay White didn't get into this role uh, sooner. He was on a major streak of being the guy, or at least the buildup to become the guy. Now, I look at this more from a creative and business standpoint. New Japan just lost arguably one of their biggest stars of all time in Kenny Omega. And how do they go about getting that spotlight off of them? Why they put a brand new spotlight on Jay White, thus setting the whole IWC on fire. This is so smart. They get everyone off of the Kenny Omega train and they jump on the Jay White train. Uh, and from what I've seen of Jay White, I have I've kind of seen him grow with when he was uh, what was he like the young lion or some he was some, sh- some shit like that. I, I remember uh, working a couple of Ring of Honor shows that he was on and watching his character then and thinking, oh, I mean, he's a good worker, but what else does he have? Well, needless to say, he, they've shown what he has. There's a lot of talent in Jay White, and this is more or less the launch pad into what I can definitely see becoming a huge career for him. And hopefully that's what does happen, because I like him a lot more as, what is he, the Switchblade or some shit like that? Yes, yes. See, see, I, I... that's two things that Chris Plaid would not have known. <laughs> but uh, wow. this this character and gimmick is perfect for him. And they're going to run with it. And I think it's going to bring in a new era of New Japan wrestling. Ah, well played. I like that. Using the new era thing that him and Ghetto have been saying over and over and over again. Nice and yeah, I do, that's that's what I meant to do. Yeah, I know you did because because you know you're you're the uh, the best thing on the indies or whatever. PC I'm the said, white I, Chris Platt. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, the the number oh. one gentleman. You know the best the best thing going. I I get it. Yeah, I, I understood it, and I do remember him on ROH, and I agree with you. A thousand percent, and it's it's awesome that you have the perspective that you know you saw him during the show and you were you know you worked some of the shows because he was bland as fuck back then. Like back then, I remember disliking him because to me he ruined Punishment Martinez because they had Martinez come out as like this big ominous like like satanic whatever the hell thing he was in when he was in uh, Wyndham's Cult, and then you have him get beat by Jay White and Jay White went on like a seven or eight month undefeated streak in ROH and then eventually he gets the win back but when you struggle against somebody half your size and you're supposed to be this occult like giant yeah that makes it hard to swallow to me there was never any traction for him as the young lion I I just there was I, I just could never get behind him I don't think anyone could get behind him realistically Jay White just looked like a shitty South Af- uh South South African. Yeah, South New African. Zealand. New Zealand. Is he New Zealand? I thought he was South- okay. He's a uh, Kiwi. 
His oh, finisher whatever. was Kiwi Crusher in ROH. Come on. I don't fucking remember. Racist. <laughs> Racist against white people with twangy accents. <laughs> Just because they talk like this doesn't all mean it's it's South African or if it's Australian. Or, you, you can't do that. That's hey, not a knife. No that's a can. spoon. I seen you play knifey spoony before, huh? <laughs> Whatever. I like he, the knifey spoon. I couldn't get. I could not get behind Jay White, and this is a, someone that I can get behind, even though that trench coat at times makes him look absolutely ridiculous. And like he's gonna go to a My Chemical Romance concert, but that's another story. <laughs> he's gonna join the Black Parade, everybody. That's the next evolution of Switchblade. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Kiwi Black Parade. <laughs> it's it's great. It's not the Bullet Club anymore. It it's the Black Parade led by the Switchblade. Yes, <laughs> bask in my new era. Breathe with the Switchblade. <laughs> For life, for life, my ass. Dirty deeds done dead cheap. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Being a rifle bogan. Oh, uh, I, I, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Like we're not continuing this. We have like another question, don't we? It's like catching five. No, question five, four, three, two. I don't know. It comes after this one. Let's get off of the dead. Australian, Kiwi, South African accents. Like catching a frog yeah, in J. a White. Like catching a frog in a sock. Hi. Do I kiss your mother with that mouth? I do. I do <laughs> kiss your mother with that mouth. We are live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Poolside, and what a crowd we have. Can you believe it's finally here, Alex? Double or nothing, we're getting all the information from all Elite Wrestling tonight. Who says that you can't have a pool party on a February night in Las Vegas? We're doing just that, double or nothing. Hopefully, we're going to learn a lot more about this show, more talent additions, so much on Conrad. This is outstanding, and my goodness, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up here to help support Double or Nothing and All Elite Wrestling. Question number five, All Elite Wrestling. A lot of talk, a little bit of roster revealed, but even more talk after that. Some big prospects, but in the end, like I said, is it all just talk? So far, yeah. Uh, their show's not till May. That's three fucking months. Like, like, okay, don't get me wrong. Lucha Brothers, big signing. Omega making the inevitable decision that most of us saw coming. Sure, that pops people. Omega Jericho too. That's going to be huge. Now, I'm a big fan of Kylie Ray personally. I know some people aren't. DeMarco, go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> but I'll, I'll Kylie Ray is adorable. I'll see her on what? Saturday. Yeah, Ky Kylie's fantastic. I love Kylie. Nyla Rose, not, not a huge, I can't say fan of. I'm just like, I don't have a lot of knowledge of her work. So I can't really speak on that. And Britt Baker's fine. Like I, just, I don't, I don't really see the draw aside from she's Adam Cole's girlfriend, and they like Adam Cole. So I guess that played a part into it somehow. But whatever, she's she's all right. And 
then what what else do we have? Like Adam Page versus Pac? Okay. Yeah, anybody believe that's going to be competitive, really? Like, Adam Page has been a perennial, like, mid-carder. Yes, he's athletic. Yes, he's got a good look. Yes, he'll be good eventually. But is he Pac good? Is he the current Open the Dreamgate champion good? No! So if Pac doesn't run him the fuck over, then that's going to bother me. And, like, I don't... I, like, it, it's weird. When the biggest person on the roster, weight-wise, is Aja Kong, we, I think that... that that roster's got a small issue. Uh, you also miss Sonny Kiss, who's a phenomenal talent as well, who I'm very happy to know uh, personally. So I, I'm very happy for those uh, guys out there. AEW, you're right. It is just talk at this point because uh, they haven't done anything yet. And you kind of said their uh, pay-per-view. I'm waiting for their television to start. That's going to be something that really kind of sets the bar because that's, mm-hmm. you know, arguably what AEW is bringing to the table that no other company so far is really bringing, and that is, le- you know, potentially a legitimate threat. No, not maybe not legitimate, but potentially <laughs> the biggest threat to like Ring of Honor uh, as the as a number two source of wrestling. So we kind of have to see how that unfolds before we can even make a definite statement on what the hell is AEW. Um, now, as far as the show is concerned, I'm going to love it. It's going to be a blast. I think that what All In did is just, it is kind of set up for double double or nothing, yeah, uh, yes. and that is that that show itself is gonna help catalyst be the catalyst to double or nothing success or failure. So we kind of have to see what's gonna happen, and you know, I got my fingers crossed. Anytime that I can see great wrestling on TV, especially. I'm going to be a happy camper. So this is going to be a big deal for the wrestling community. It's going to be a big deal for me. And hopefully I can see some success come out of it because, you know, anything that kind of rivals uh, the top dogs, you know, always is, is welcomed in my book. And that that's perfectly fair. And I only didn't mention Sonny Kiss because I only saw what his work in Lucha Underground when he was at, what, Luscious XOXO or whatever it was. Yeah. And I didn't see enough of it. Honestly, I don't know him very well. And uh, how did you feel about All In? Because, honestly, it came off very middle of the road to me. I think since we do ratings at Chair Shot, I gave it like a six and a half. It was fine. Like, nothing was super spectacular. The match quality wasn't, like, as crazy as people were expecting it to be. But it was it was all fine. Some of it was way too indie, too spotty. Like, I hated Paige's match. So that really doesn't, like, the Janela Page thing didn't do anything for me. But how, how did you take it, since you made mention of All In kind of being a precursor or a harbinger to Double or Nothing and AEW success? Uh, I... I... If I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it like a seven and a seven point five. 
I think that's a solid rating because it, it was above average. Uh, and, it, you know, it, the wrestling itself may have been good, but I think the spectacle that AEW, or sorry, not AEW, uh, All In presented was something that kind of gave it that extra boost as well. You know, it, it, they definitely did a great job marketing, which, what is AEW doing right now? They're doing an excellent job marketing. They put it in a almost perfect venue, which, again, with the way that AEW is running, it sounds like they're going to be doing that as well. And they gave great matches uh, with next to nothing uh, as far as content is concerned. I think that's awesome as well. I I think that there's a lot to build off of from the all-in model that AEW can really make a, uh, a countrywide phenomenon out of. Okay, that that that's a, a fair assessment. Like I didn't buy into the spectacle as much, but honestly, I'm I'm always of the the mindset that if there's more companies, it's more businesses, more chances for people to get work. So it's never a bad thing. Like in no way, shape, or form am I wishing AEW to fail in three years or something like that. I don't want that to happen. Now, am I sick of the the ridiculous, unabashed hype that's been going on since it was announced a month ago and people think it's going to be the best thing and people are like, it's already their favorite promotion because they're just assuming that the Bucks and Omega are going to just like tear the house down all the time. That's ridiculous. That 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 gets old. And that's, I can see where pockets of the IWC have already started to turn against I, AEW because people that are way too fanboy about something always tend to just force the negative reaction out of people be it about a tv show about a wrestling company about a band if you if there's too many people gushing about it there will always be the contrarian to be like no that shit sucks just because they're sick of hearing people gush about something and i don't i I feel like maybe maybe they should turn back not the marketing necessarily but like the hype needs to find a way to even out because it is a little sickening that everybody's inventing stories or just making up something. You'd be like, AEW, AEW, Randy Orton, Batista, this person, that person. So they talked to CM Punk, and then CM Punk said, I'm done, and I'm not going to do it, but they threw money at him. Like, who cares? Like, you're, you're really reporting on fucking nothing. You're just throwing in different names just to make it seem like it's something. It's, it's so hollow. It's so lame. It's you know, lame. and that's, that's going to be a challenge for the AEW staff and creative, you know? And that's something that I also look forward to as well, to kind of see how they handle themselves and all this hype. I, they are not creating the hype. That is the internet wrestling community, my friend. You know, and, and unfortunately, they were going to run into this no matter what they did. Just by putting a name to this promotion and the people attached to this promotion and the way they are going about it, uh, this was going to start to be the, you know, the, the little pebble that rolls down the hill and becomes a gigantic boulder. Uh, it's going fast and we just gotta hope that 
uh, you know, whomever that they have writing stuff kind of learn, uh, knows how to tame the, the waters a little bit. Okay, that, that's, that's a fair enough point. And the only thing I can kind of say as a counter to the whole CIWC blowing it out of proportion is it, it, the Bucks and the being the elite show they have on YouTube and the Nightmare Family stuff and the AEW stuff and all that other stuff. It's all part of their machine. Like They're helping to push along any kind of hype by making nods to comments that are made making nods to assumption or rumors and like most of their shows average over 200,000 views and that's that's probably the bulk of the IWC right there and when you basically have everybody that's talking the most about wrestling it's going to kind of make the IWC spiral out of control it's it's the same way that you know news kind of spins everything where if, if you get stuck in a pocket of one way or the other it's just going to spin it and you're just going to see nothing but that over and over and over again yes the bucks and cody know how to market themselves they're good businessmen but it's also sickening and i don't know if it's going to really have that good of a reaction because if they misstep if, if, the, if Double or Nothing ends up not being great, or if they don't really sign any bigger names, because most of the names on AEW right now look like a like a Ring of Honor card. Or like, like you see Lucha Brothers, you see most of these people anywhere else, especially on the indies. And the Japanese wrestlers, yes, you see them on, you know, Sendai Girls or Stardom or, you know, Wrestle One because Wrestle One is male and female. So, like, none, none of this is unique to AEW. So... I think they really, really need to do something to separate themselves and to really make a better impact than just all this hype. That is just, it's a hype train that you're right. It's the pebble rolling downhill, but I'm really getting sick of this pebble already. Like it, we're a month into it being in, like just named. And I really don't want to talk about it until May when we have something to talk about. Well, I, I kind of wonder how much of this roster is going to formulate to uh, after the WWE Black Monday, you know, or whatever. Because you know, th there's <laughs> always there's always a, a slew of names that get released, you know, the couple weeks after Mania, and you know that at least one of them is going to defect over to AEW. Uh, this is going to be huge for them. So I think they're smart by kind of pushing that pay-per-view off to me. Uh, you know, they'll be able to put something together by that time. And whether or not, you know, other talent, you know, speculating that they might leave or whatever, yada, 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 you know, we kind of have to wait and see because, you know, part of me knows that it's a work and part of me hopes that, God, it's real. Uh, so we just kind of got to see before we make any of the uh, assumptions. No, that, that's, a, that's a perfect spot to end it on, too. Because, uh, yeah, w there's, a, there's a degree of work, but there's a degree of reality. And I hope the reality kind of outweighs the work when it comes down to it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all set to kind of take this one home. Tony, you have anything else you want to add before we go into the home stretch? No. 
Okay. Well, that was succinct. Thank you very much. Anyway, though, so, yes, visit our Pro Wrestling Tees shop at Pro Wrestling Tees slash The Chair Shot. And then you can pick up Chris Platt's favorite and his brainchild. You know, what, what, what the heck was it? Jesus did the job and his dad was the owner? Or how, how did he word that exactly? PC, do you know yet or no? I do. Then what is it? Promoter. Promoter. So Jesus did the job and his dad was the promoter? That's, 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 the, what, the, that's, that's what the shirt what, says. Hey, that's fine. I'm not looking at it. I don't have it pulled up. I just know that's the one that Platt always brings up. Yes, I get it. He's happy. It's his thing. But we have put tons and tons of other shirts. Literally, I think we've got like 10 or 12. I don't even know. We've got the Corona one. We've got the Chair Shop Brewery. We've got the Always Use Your Head. It, there's plenty of stuff going around. And you, you can pick up that. You can pick up the Jesus one. Make Platt happy. I don't know. Because I think he's been tweeting that a lot. Because I see Platt pop up in a lot of random replies. So he's active. He's active. He needs to be doing more stuff on his birthday. Or should have been doing this. God damn it, Chris. But he's anyway. with Reba. He's with Reba. Anyway, so you can check my Twitter at IWC Warchief. Check me out at thechairshot.com. Other, other podcasts on Chairshot Radio Network. And that's where you can find me. ASAP, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Facebook under ASAP Mitchell. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore fabled underscore one, all in words. You can also find me on Instagram at the Cream City Traveler. Feel free to message me. Slide into my DMs, and I'll get back to you almost immediately. And ASAP, is your Facebook your personal one, or is that like a public figure? Public okay. figure. Oh, nice. Aren't you all snazzy? Look at that. I'm a professional, baby. Fucking A. Well, Tony, where can the good people find you? Within shouting distance. Ah, oh, good God. On Twitter. Come on. Get with the program. <laughs> you can find me at PC, Tony. You can also find the other show that I am on with oh, DPP no. at Podcast DWI and only hey, on thechairshot.com. And iTunes. Oh, that's true. Aesop's on DWI on occasion, too. Yeah, all the time. Aesop's K-Fables. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. Make sure you check there it out. There we go. Nice. Use your head. Nice. Use, use your head. Check it out. Hey, I see what you did there. So, uh-huh, that's uh-huh, the show. That, 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 that is the show. You have a good time. You use your head. You listen to the war and the pot and the Aesop. And the kind of guy. It's a good time. So... Listen, may I say I one more to... word? May I, may, may I say one more word, please, before we go? You, you may say as many words as you like. Only one. Okay, what one? Intercantenito. Uh, my children need wine. Thank you very much. And, uh, <laughs> hit it, Carly. Play the Reba theme song. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are planted in the past, though my life is fast. Everything I must survive for
Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey, I'm a survivor. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you just had to get the sodas in there because Chris wasn't on the show. <laughs> That's nice. That's fucking perfect.